You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. <laughs> You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yo, 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 it's your boy, JBJR, with Fruit of the Boom Podcast. This is the very first episode of 2019 recorded as of right now on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Some way, considering what's outside right, right now. Right, right, <laughs> right. St. Louis going down right now. Right now, like a motherfucker. <laughs> But uh, right now, you know, thank y'all for uh, listening to another dope episode. You know, always catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Mixcloud. You know, we out here. So make sure you go ahead and check us out. We out here. Um, matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and get to our first guest recorder of this year. Local legend. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> local, local legend. My man been gone close to 10 years, but he came, but he comes back to visit. But uh, he been out on the West Coast doing his motherfucking thing, podcasting, making beats, and barber, dope ass barber by trade. Dope ass barber by trade. Man, appreciate that. Dope, dope, dope. So I got my man, the illest producer, one of the illest producers I've heard that came from the scene. My man, Mr. Skipper B. How Mr. Skipper B, aka Chandler Music, aka Jason Chandler. You know, it's just kind of the evolution of it. But yeah, I appreciate being here, man. You know, listening to your podcast, it um, you know, it kind of sparked an interest for me to actually push the button on mine. You know what I mean? Appreciate Lounging with Skip. So, um, you know, definitely, I I appreciate um being able to. I I I appreciate just the fact of being able to hear other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And um, besides yours, and uh, I was listening to uh, Drink Champs. So both of those, I kind of yeah. And that's what kind of uh, spun off uh, Lounge with Skip Podcast. Yeah, yeah, Lounge. And, that, and this is another thing we're doing. So, like I said earlier, my man's a podcaster as well, a fellow podcaster. So, he's also, we're actually doing both a dual episode technically right now. So, yeah. he's, so we're actually going to be talking at the same time. So, it's going to be Lounge with Skip featuring JBJR. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Fruit of Boom featuring Skip with B. Yep, yep. That's how we're going to do it today. Yeah. But, uh, and, yeah. And, he, and no, it's so dope. Like I said, just. The reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to be able to record, you know, the episode for mine was to mm-hmm. for me to be interviewed. So that way, my listeners that are hearing my podcast, they're hearing me being interviewed as well. Exactly. Versus me doing the, you know, being the one interviewing. Someone. Exactly. Exactly. But it's going to be a dope episode regardless, man, because you yeah. know, you definitely got definitely got some stories I want to hear. Just mm-hmm. go ahead and this is your time. So, <laughs> so uh, this is how we get down um, for any new listeners out here who have discovered us on any form. Of a podcast streaming media. This podcast is in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, it's in South St. Louis, Missouri, down at Suburban Pro Studios. Uh, it's founded by myself and my boy Matt Wiki. We actually created this podcast to give an outlet for producers, DJs, and engineers to tell their stories, give their advice, and just basically speak their mind, speak their peace on stuff. Solely because, you know, out here, especially with music podcasts, which I love my music podcasts, but they, it's really artists and band oriented, like as far as talking about that, play music. You don't really get a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So that's the whole point of this podcast is for that very thing. Sure. So just to go ahead, especially here in St. Louis, which we got a massive amount of talent, and we got this, excuse me, this really dope ass beat battle scene here. It's been cultivated for some years now. You know, this is perfect, and it was a breeding ground for producers and DJs and engineers in this city. It really is. So, we're going to go ahead and get this episode started. So, this is what we're going to do. Keep it natural. Keep it simple, like I told you before. Yeah. 
first things first, as I ask anybody, how did you get into music production? Um, how I got into music production? Uh, well, I had a friend of mine, I got a friend of mine um, named C Natural. He was producing a lot of the music that me and uh, my homeboys were doing back in like 89, 90, 91, 92. And um, so around that time, he had also, around 92, he, he uh, you know, gave me his drum machine to use to go home and make some beats. And I didn't use it because I just really wasn't trying to make beats like that. I just really wanted to focus on, um, you know, rap. Well, it wasn't until I listened, I heard uh, Eric Sermon's first solo album, No Pressure. <clears throat> And I was like, I don't know, it's something about the production on that album that just kind of made me feel like, man, you could tell he's having fun doing this, you know, with the whole most beautifulest thing in the world, with, you know, with Keith Murray and all that. I was just like, yo. And so um, my interest started to, I become, I started becoming more interested in finding out how to produce and make beats. Um, and so um, a little bit after that, I went off to college um, and then fall 95, it was a guy, me and my homeboy Jay from Chicago, was, um, another guy that he knew from Chicago that was making beats. And he would come to the dorm rooms and we would just be in the dorm rooms freestyling and he had this beat tape um, of just nothing but beats and we'd be up in there just freestyling and all that. And, and so I was like, man, you know, you made these beats? And he was all like, yeah. And I was like, wow. So it was like, and then also um, another guy I know named Sham, um, uh, from uh, track stars mm -hmm. around that time, like '94, he was producing beats on this uh, sampler or whatever. So, just a mix of all of that kind of coming together. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once um, spring '96, I don't know if people remember. Well, they may still do it, but like in college, especially when you're a freshman, um, they offer you credit cards, mm -hmm. um, pretty much to have you start going in debt but they offer you credit cards in the bookstore. So that spring, um, we were hearing on campus that they had credit cards with a $1,000 credit limit on Right. So I went to the bookstore, uh, filled it out, and ended up getting accepted, getting, you know, the card. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. and I was like, wow. So um, came back home and my grandmother had passed that April of 96. Mm -hmm. So I knew that coming back home, I would have to deal with the uh, you know the reality of her being gone right, right, right. and so I said what better way than what better way to express myself um, emotionally than through music so when I got back in town um, that May from college I went to uh, Dale's music and got me uh, an Akai SO1 sampler um, which was you know you can sample in mono like 10 seconds and I got that and uh, and a four track, four track uh, recorder, a Porter 03 MK2 Tascam four track. And I was literally, I had no sequencer. So I literally was on each track, you know, if I sampled like from, uh, it, was a, it was a drum um, CD called Crate Diggers. So if I took a kick and a snare, then I would load the kick and a snare on, the, on each pad. And I would literally for three minutes long, just hit the on just one track and then on track two do like a have like a hi-hat the whole way through to try to stay on beat and then the third track I will lay like a loop 
of the sample in and lay that in manually and then the four track I would lay vocals. So I was wow. I was doing that until I got a sequencer maybe about three months later. Oh wow. So that's how I got into music production. Oh man. <laughs> and this and, and this was summer ninety six. So Yeah, keep this in mind. So we talking about what twenty nineteen, so what, twenty three years ago? Twenty yeah, coming up on twenty uh three years ago. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, my man be in the game doing this for a long time. Man. Yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of which, you no, know, because obviously you came up behind using what you <laughs> use to start with. Mm-hmm. So what actually uh, equipment do you use as an app for music production? Uh, I use uh, Logic, Logic Pro. Okay. Um, I use the machine, um, and I also use uh, the SP four hundred four SX. I just got that um like a year and a half ago. Gotcha. SP404. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. Almost two years ago. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I used that, the, the machine, and Logic Pro. Nice. Mm-hmm. How you like the workflow, like machine, using machine and Logic together, as far as like that, using that workflow together? Uh, I mean, I love it. I mean, you know, I'm at a point now where um, I really make music depend on how I feel. So, Which is the best way? Yeah, I'm not. I don't put myself in a position where I feel like I'm forced to make music. Because I found out when you're put in a position where you're forced to make music, it starts to feel like a job. And then you start not being as creative as what you could be if you were to just let your spirit just flow exactly. with with the music. So depending on the vibe that I'm feeling, I'll work on something in the machine. Like if I want to do um, some hip hop. Like a you know boom bap, right? Depending, I'll make a track on there because it's clean, whatever. But then I'll send it through the SP four hundred four to add that that low finest to, it. and then you know work the effects in that to just try to build on a whole different feel. You know, sometimes you you're working on things, and even doing trap. Even doing house, even doing whatever, because I kind of dibble and dabble in all of that, you know? That's why they call me Skip, because I skip around different styles. Ain't shit wrong with that. You know what I mean? Ain't shit wrong with that. Hey, it's good to be, you know, it's good to be versatile. That's one thing I do. Uh, I've always been raised to know uh, being in music myself uh, is... Always good to know. It's always good to be a jack of all trades mm-hmm. if possible. Just in, just in something. Just like have touch something mm-hmm. out there, like R and B, rap, uh, trap, soul, jazz, funk, rock. No, just touch well, around. Just see what you can do. Well, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what's wild is. You know, each of us are individuals. We each have right. spirits. We each have, have a soul. Absolutely. So if we each individually have that, then each of us individually has our own sound. As, as producers we tend to you know hear what's on the radio and try to you know um you know remake what is already done but you can't remake another person's soul you have to be your own you have to you know so even if you do even if you produce what it is you hear on the radio make it in your own way Exactly, 100% And that's what, that's that's how like back in the day when everybody had their own particular sound, Swiss Beats, Neptune, Timberland, Premier, Dr. Dre, like everybody had their own sound, you know what I mean? And and that's why the music now still lasts to this day. 100%, I agree with now, you. Now, it's like one of those things, I mean, 15, 20 years from now, will all this trap music still be playing? 
I mean, you may have, you don't know, because you, I mean, you got some of it. Some, some of, of it will. will. Some of will like the ones that's like the hits. Yeah, the hits, like the straight up hits. Yeah, I think those will last. But well, a lot of stuff out here lasts, like you think it will with trap. And me personally, I'm just speaking to someone who actually does make trap from mm-hmm. time to time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a crapshoot on that. It's it's one of those things that could be a crapshoot. Well, you know, you know the the thing the thing what I feel about it is. <laughs> Is that we're in a day and age of streaming, right? So with streaming, streaming is not going anywhere. Oh no! Anytime soon. So I, I kind of, I kind of feel like it'll be a pocket for all of this stuff in right. places where it needs to be, where it needs to be, because there's so much music. Like Kanye was speaking on as far as streams, right? Like you know, when you have a stream like a river flowing, and it breaks, it bre- breaks off in different other streams. I mean, streams just keep flowing. Right. It becomes a you know, an unlimited amount of streams. So I feel that with the unlimited amount of music that's being released, I, I I feel like it'll be a way for everything to be played. It's just a matter of you actually, as the individual, finding that music. I mean, yeah, because it's enough music. It's enough. It's enough great music out here in the world. Mm-hmm. Like America alone, just in the underground scene, like shit that's not even mainstream on the radio. Shit that you hear, just like like you said, on streaming platforms. Whether it's like. On like on uh, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, mm-hmm. shit like that. You know, just them four I just named, just that fast. Yeah. You know, you just it's so much music out here. Then people like it's so many indie artists out here, bands, yeah. world, and that's why I'm just speaking about America. I'm not even talking about overseas. Overseas, yeah. like that's just a whole different territory. And we just talking about. 320 some million people in this country it's 7 billion in yeah. this rock right. so it's like so it's so much music out here and like, I, like you, it's, it's so much to take in and it's and I love that fact yeah you know and that's why with Trap that's why I said it's kind of a crapshoot because I like I agree with you where it could fade off but it can also evolve into something even better yeah and, and like a conversation I was having with Wally the other day mm-hmm. um, from Basement Beats Shout and he him. was and he was saying that um you know, even if you have a thousand super fans, you could be good. A thousand super fans. You know, uh, he broke the numbers down, but we we were talking about it. But hey, I'd be good with a thousand super fans if if I had a thousand super fans paying me every month. Think about that. That's a lot. That's some good money, man. You know, paying you ten thousand. I mean, ten ten bucks a month. Hey, that's good money, bro. That's ten grand a month. That's good money, man. And time swell. Right. So, there's a way of making a living off of making any kind of music. Don't just, what I'm saying is, don't just limit yourself to just making what is on the radio. If you have an individual individual personality, individual spirit, soul within yourself, then you should be able to make individual music that can reach other like-minded individuals that appreciate what it is you do as an individual. Now, the other thing I want to see, speak on the other side of this perspective is, you know, keep in mind, I also, as a fan of Trap, because I'm talking about, and when I'm talking about Trap, I'm talking about back three, six, my three tracks mm-hmm. now. Like, what we was raised on in St. Louis. That's, that's why I was raised on when we came to Trap, three, six, my three. Mm-hmm. And since it's, everything literally is more or less rehash of that, mm-hmm. you know, it does, and that's why I, that's why I'm looking at the perspective of how it can last. Because like, yo, if niggas just remaking what Three Six Mafia did 20 mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. and making it a kind of a newer sound, mm-hmm. then in 20 years from now, what that evolved is something even. Well, better. the difference in the sound with, with 
you know, 3-6 Mafia had with DJ Paul and Juicy J right. is that they had their own drum kits. True. You can hear a beat and know that it was a DJ Paul, Juicy J track. Right. They had the same snare, the same kick, the same snare from Hard Out Here for a Pimp was the same snare they was using the entire catalog. Mm. Nowadays, you have everybody, you know, using the same drum sound. It's same. It's really not even not even just gonna be on the same drum sound. The same sequence. Same sequence. Same sample packs. All that. Right. So it doesn't form an identity. So all I'm saying is, as in, as music producers out here, in order for things to begin to change, you have to form your own identity and stay within stay stay within your you know be within yourself and create outwardly. Right. Like so, and what we're saying is, we're not saying it's not saying the trap is bad because I still thoroughly enjoy trap. Like mm, I just no, said earlier, no, I no. still I still produce traps. I, I think day, it's gonna be a different form of trap. I do too. That's why I say that's why I'm thinking it's gonna evolve into something different. Yeah. And so, and that's and that's why I think that's the main thing Skip is trying to let you guys know is it's cool to like trap. Just make sure you evolve from. Just make sure you make that evolve and make it your own, make it unique, making you. Because trip off this, right? Right, right. So before I moved out to LA, um, trap music, when I was living here in St. Louis, that was like, you know, like T.I., uh, David Banner, you know, things like that. That was like trap music back then, right? Right. Then in 2010, when I moved out to LA, I saw this flyer. It was like, keep in mind, this was summer 2010. It was like a trap. It was like trap beats, trap DJs. It was flyer for it to come out to this event. And I'm like, trap beats, trap DJ, trap DJs, what? And I got the flyer and had these, these, these DJ names and it was a line outside this spot called the airliner. And it was a line outside. And I was like, and, I, and then I had to do my research and I found out that trap music was like uh, uh, an extension of uh, dubstep at that time. Mm -hmm. A lot of eight, you know, heavy 808s. And then it started going, what was that song that everybody had to dance for? Home Shake. Yep. So spring 2011, that beat, which was a form of trap, mm -hmm. ended up becoming into this dance craze. And after that, now everybody started kind of making that kind of music, which kind of led to this dance EDM phase so what happened was in the midst of that the trap music phase kind of it kind of went two different ways it went EDM way and then it went the actual trap like hood way and that's where the 808s and everything started you know uh, but what happened was when Drake came and he started rapping over the beats that were slowed down and trapped trap began to change when he came out with that mixtape what was that mixtape called? If you're reading this, it's too late. Oh, yeah, yeah, That was when the sound of trap changed and become and became a universal, wide range. It wasn't just, you know, st stuck to the South or Atlanta. This was a universal thing because everybody was tripped off of how he was rapping over those beats. And it just kind of took its own path. And then right after that, that's, you know, future... Future and Drake teamed up, and then right after that, Migos. So now this new wave of the young generation, you know, with Migos and Lil Uzi Vert, and you know, 
whoever else, you know what I'm saying? All these guys is just trapped out. And oh yeah, and then whatchamacallit took it another another lane too. It's another form of trap. Uh uh, what's um old boy, Travis Scott. He he his trap is like a whole dark a dark trap. See see that's what I'm saying, like there's different variations of trap. You got producers out here that are making lo-fi trap. Right. So you can so that's why I got the SP for to be able to depending on because the lo-fi genre is really moving right now. I think I think the wave of that hasn't really caught on commercially to take on a, a stance of its own, but I really do believe but I, I kind of feel that it's good where it is. You know I don't want right. it to go commercial. You know what see the thing about it is I think the way I would say me personally how I even found about lo-fi just from just a long time ago is from is actually from a mainstream uh, audience. It was uh, Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. Because, uh-huh. you know, all through their little bumps. Those like, bumps. Those bumps. They were all placed, they were always placing like low-key some hip-hop shit, some, some Dillard shit, some hip-hop shit, or some, uh, or like some MF Doom, or they play like some lo-fi shit. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I'm like, oh damn, what the fuck is this lo-fi shit? I'm like, okay, then of course then over time, like even now, yeah. like when I work, you know, I'm in the, you know, Doing my work, I'm mm-hmm. just I have my headphones in. And I'm listening to a lo-fi mm-hmm. station like Study Beats, lo-fi. Mm-hmm. Home. It's like uh, YouTube dude, yeah. chill kind. Yep. Like one, I think it's like the first most well-known one. Yeah. And it's like I'm just on there, literally listening to beats all day at work. Yeah. yeah. Working and just you know, getting my shit done. And to me, I think it's a way that can grow even bigger because it has kind of. And I think even commercially can work in a sense. I don't know how. I don't want it. To, I, I, I don't honestly, know how, I don't, but I don't, it I don't, I don't, probably work. I, yeah, and you know, and honestly, I kind of don't want it to. And I think that, and I think that, if it does go commercial in a sense, it have it would have to be with like the right artist, like a like a her or a Daniel Caesar, or you know, somebody of that magnitude to be able to and it has to stay in this lane. I don't. I don't. You know, I mean. You don't Anything's want to possible. You don't want to nah, 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 nah. I really don't. I like for it to be where if you find it, you find it and it's dope. It's like it becomes your own personal jewel. I feel you. I feel your own you. personal gem. Because, um, you know, yeah, when I first heard, um, you know, because Adult Swim was like, you had to have like a certain, not everybody was watching Adult Swim. So it was one of those things where you stumbled across it and you was like, oh, what's on here? And then you happened to hear the commercials and be like, yeah, that's dope. What the hell is that? Right. It was like the Nick and Nate cartoons. Like, yeah. He was like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I remember um, flipping through and uh, running across um, a commercial, a bump, and it was a Pete Rock beat playing. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? Like, what's the, You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, I'm hip to this, but like, what what is this for the, for them to be hip to it? So it's kind of like one of those um, boutique type. It was Adult Swim was one of those boutique type of channels, and I feel like Lo-Fi is one of those boutique type of genres that okay. you know what I'm saying certain individuals kind of just get used to. But they 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 out there making money, man. Them, them producers, Lo-Fi producers, they out there making money, man. And and the thing about it is the fact that Lo-Fi, you know, the Godfather of Lo-Fi is Dilla, of course. Oh, of course. And then Madlib just ran with it, you know what I mean? Like he, he, just, he just took over where he left off. Like yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's what made it so dope because all lo-fi is, is if you go back and listen to Who Got the Props by Black Moon or, um, you know, all the old hip-hop, Brand Nubian, all that stuff, man, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, all that's lo-fi. 
but it was it was it was hip hop. It was boom bap back then. You know what I mean? And so and nowadays because there's so many producers and things of that nature now, you don't even need artists on these beats. Now it's just the beats are oh. the beats themselves are the artists. Dog, and that's kind of the vein I've been on, like with beat tapes and shit like that for like some years, man. Like, cause I realized, you know, with certain people, like that's like, for example, like myself, just speaking for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when I make a lot of my beats, uh, a lot of stuff that I make, I don't have a lot of people on, mm-hmm. and I just make just to make just to, because you heard my shit. Mm-hmm. I just make just to go ahead and feel it, and it come out listening to the point where you don't need them. Even if I have it in like a song format for someone to get on, you still wouldn't need someone if you didn't want to. Right. So it's like, because one thing I took away from um, listening to people like Dylan P. Rock is, you know, especially like, especially Dylan P. Rock, because with uh, Peace Terminals mm-hmm. and uh, Donuts. Yeah. And uh, two of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. You know, listening and understanding like, oh, you can get by. We're not doing shit. I mean, you would want to rap to it, but yeah, without sh- artists on it, right? But you'd be like, but do should I? It was like it was like one of the things. Like, do I want to? Should I want to put some lyrics on this? It's like it feel like it'll take from it. Like, see, you know, and sometimes you don't have to. And and this and this is what's so crazy, right? So, I think Peach Minnows was the first. I forgot when that album came out. I think it came out. Um, that first Peach Minnows came out. In 2000, mm-hmm. and that was like one of the first times I heard it was just a beat tape. Probably I think it was like maybe 13, 14 tracks, full, you know, breakdown verse. And it was like wow, you know, this is this is like a beat tape, you know, hearing the whole verses. But when Dilla came and dropped Donuts, that changed the game. That changed the game because I remember when that album came out, and I think he. I think he passed like three days later. Yeah, so I remember that, and I remember the fact that it was as if it all just ran together. It was no fade outs, no. It was like everything was like one long song, and I, and the songs on there were no more than a minute and a half, two minutes long. And I thought that was just so dope. The fact that it was no organization to it. The beats was just taking you wherever to where even to this day. You put that you put that album on and it's like listening to an old jazz album. You still find stuff in there to this day, like, man, that's tight how he did that. You know what I mean? Bro, to this day. To this day, like, and I uh, need niggas understand, like, Donuts in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got hip I like put like this. I knew who Dilla was, you know, growing up in a sense, but not for real. Mm. I really took notice of him. Once I started watching the Dope Swim and I heard Donuts. Mm-hmm. And I got hip on Donuts and then me and my partner, we started producing around the same time. Mm-hmm. And then we was really, and they still are to this day. And uh, it, grew, it grew my interest so much to the point where I learned how to sell mm-hmm. by listening to Donuts. Mm-hmm. And because I would use it, and what I would try to do is replay mm-hmm. and remake shit by ear mm-hmm. listening to Donuts. Mm-hmm. Dilla, Kanye, P Rock, and Jobbies from uh, Japan. Them four in particular, I would talk, literally remake shit by here. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, and but Donuts in particular made me want to make beat tapes. He made one, it made me want to sound. For one, it made me want to sound. Mm-hmm. But two, it made me want to make beat tapes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, 
for the exact reasons you just mentioned, mm-hmm. it was like it's it literally is like its own work of art. It, I mean, everything is. is a work of art, but that's literally like you can put that up and like for real some Smithsonian shit like like how it's already was yeah. two thousand excels already there. Yeah. Like that uh, one album alone can be in there. Yeah. It's literally a study. It changed, guide. right? It's a study guide that began honestly right. the, this lo-fi genre, and but Madlib now. Now, Madlib just took it and ran with it. Like, he when came. Madlib dropped, I think he dropped an album. Like, well, it's Madlib and it's another producer named Mocha Only. Mocha Only, he's dope too. Okay. So, those guys' work ethics is just crazy, man. Um, but. But really, anyone that deals with like the whole Stone's Throw catalog, that yeah. I, we know this, like, that's that's them. Like, it, like the Stone's Throw crew, like, when Dilla was alive and Mad Lib and all them niggas like that, that was the niggas that I really think really got, that's like the godfathers of that shit, man. Like, they got that shit on live. Right. Like, like you said, with Mad Lib, Mad Lib is literally Dilla 2.0 at this point. So, so, so now what we have. And I'm speaking on lo-fi, you know, because, like I said, I really feel that genre. And it's something that people, a lot of people don't know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people don't know about. And so, um, you know, that's what kind of led me into me creating lo-fi music now. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because, I don't know, man, it's fun. It's like my own, becomes my own personal uh, jazz project. Cause I released one in um, uh, released two last year, um, Kaleidoscope and uh, Crystal Face. And Kaleidoscope was kind of like my donuts, you know what I mean? So, and Crystal Face was just beats that I had in the vaults for over ten years ago. That I said, let me bring this out and let me warp it out and lo-fi it down. And uh, so that's but they're they're lo-fi and I'm working on another project now on some lo-fi that's what's up bro mm-hmm. that's ill man so let me ask you this so with the lo-fi um, what's one of the things that like if someone wants to get into lo-fi what should they kind of know going into that job um, say like say like if someone like myself that want to get into it like is there anything in particular like who should I st- outside of like people like Madlib like people named like Dylan Madlib and shit like mm-hmm. that who else do you know in particular that you're like okay maybe you should listen to this like this person now for reference or it should you you really shouldn't you know it doesn't really matter I mean if you're on lo-fi then you know what it is gotcha it's not really like okay I want to do lo-fi but who should I listen to if you want to make produce lo-fi music you already know what it is which is true so you're already making it of what you already know it's very true Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause lo- I mean, cause I'm dabbling lo-fi and lo-fi is. Fun. I'm not gonna lie, that shit is. Fun. That's why I got the SP. <laughs> that's why I went and got the SP404 and uh, SX to be exact. So what happened was I was doing my research on it um, about two years ago, real heavy, and I said, man, you know, I want cause I, you know, well, just to go back into um, with the whole fresh produce. So 10 years ago, when I was here for Thanksgiving, I ran into DJ Who and at this uh, bar. And um, we ran back into each other. So we were talking and I said, man, you know, see so you doing, you know, good things. And he was like, yeah, we have this uh, beat show, you know, in, on, in January. 
And I said, well, I'll be in town for January, in January. And he said, um, he said, man, you know, it's crazy because we did the, I did the first like beat show 10 years ago that this month, you know, and you were on it. And I was like, wow. And he pulled up the flyer on his phone and it was right there, Mr. Skipper beat. And I was like, wow, man, that was 10 years ago. And I remember when I did that. And so I say that to say that at that time, when he did that, I think I was the only one because I, I had brought my MPC, I had my zip drive up there on the stage and was just like chopping up the beats. And it's on YouTube, chopping up the beats like right there at Atomic Cowboy. And folks was kind of standing around looking and I didn't know what I was trying to do. I just knew that I just didn't want to just play some beats. I wanted to actually feel as if this MP this NPC is an instrument of mine and I want to sit up here with my it's like an artist that a guitarist that wants to play a guitar I don't want to speak to you all but I want to play my guitar for you all. so with me playing the NPC it was like an instrument that I'm playing in front of everybody to kind of be like what is he doing you know so I want to and then plus me leaving and moving to LA I knew that I wanted to kind of take that same thing and be out there and actually, you know, perform on the NPC and things like that. So when I started doing my more research and found more out, more about the SP404, I realized that I can just have all the beats on my, that are that done already on um, on the SD card, plug that, put that in the, the whatchamacallit in the SP404 and still perform like it's some an instrument you know what i'm saying and and maneuver how things i want it to be and and just go and it's and it and it lo-fies it out because of the sound it's an analog sound uh dilla used the sp303 when he made donuts so the at the 404 is an extension of that so when i found all that out and it's such it's small and, and it's so compact and it has so many dope effects on it and it's just dope, man. So, it's just another way to explore music, and versus just the uh, on the laptop clicking the mouse, you know. Right now, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, it's one of those things. Like I said, man. Like it's it's art at the end of the day, man. So, mm -hmm. and the way I see, like we all artists and shit. We, we everyone is an artist. We just not using vocals. We're not using vocals in the way we're recording, like how we're doing, like saying like saying poetry. You mm -hmm. literally have music we're composing music mm -hmm. like and we're composing we're re or remixing rearranging like either brand new pieces of composition or taking old pieces of composition and making it brand new making something 100% different than what it was yeah. and for that I think and this is one of the reasons I really appreciate stuff like this like the scene like this scene mm -hmm. is because it's everyone brings something different to the table now that's crazy like I, that's why I love tripping the off scene. of now now okay so I say that to say coming back New Year's and seeing the evolution Bro. of what it is I'm like I was like what like it's an actual show in St Louis it's no artists performing but people are here to see producers and hear beats that only ten years ago that wasn't something that was not 
you if 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 someone would have said hey this is gonna have this is gonna be it's gonna be like this in 10 years i'll probably i would probably would have been like i kind of figured that but at the time of it being that you're like really but actually seeing it it's like wow it really did you know what i mean bro and that's one thing and that's one of probably the huge things that uh I, and that's one thing that I really appreciate about Fresh Produce. And it's really like I always say, man, even with this podcast, it's definitely absolutely no disrespect, no shade to any artist, no man whatsoever. It yeah. really is not. It's just one of those things that, you know, it's an outlet for people who don't have an outlet like this. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And then we just made it something that's monthly. And as we kind of know to this day, like how we talk, and the radio and fucking society can teach you now that people don't listen to words on music people listen to the beat more than anything else mm-hmm. you know and fresh produce especially going on three years now when we brought it back because it's, it's really started back in 2010 mm-hmm. and so then you know it then kind of died off after a while then got back in 2015 we've been going forward ever since so mm-hmm. you know when we, we ran it and we surged in we at the point we at now and we've seen the reception that we're seeing especially with the uh which you wasn't here for, but the melee on the Mississippi that we yeah, had. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Huh? Dog, like, we had that right um, down in South Broadway at Weather Club, down on um, 7th. And, bro, when I tell you, heck, like, how, like, and it just, mind you, this is the same place where they do all, like, the wrestling and boxing matches. Yeah, I saw that. And so, there was a literally packed out. And then you saw, mm-hmm. just this past weekend, mm-hmm. Packed house, like literally yeah. packed to capacity yeah. outside and inside. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. Like, and they just coming to hear beats, coming to hear beats, different kinds, trap, and, and, and what, boom, and, and, what that's, and what that's doing is it's sparking off the interest of the new of another generation of people that want to produce music and realize that it's not necessarily all about. The artist you know I think another reason why um, it kind of led to that is because as producers if there's so many producers and we all want to basically oh man yeah I got a placement with this artist or oh yeah I'm trying to send my beats over to this artist and then you send your beats to this artist and then that artist takes forever and a day to send it back now it has you feeling like well damn are, are my beats good enough for that artist to rap on and then you start saying, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just put my own beats out. You know what I mean? Like, I believe, I, I feel it, so I'm going to put it out. Exactly. And I think and I think that is what led to artists, to where producers started becoming artists themselves and releasing their beats as beat projects themselves because it's like, I'm not going to sit up here and put my beats in the hand of an artist who may or may not use my beats if I feel my beats. And now we're in a in an era where I can drop my beats, my beat tapes, and on, you know, streaming platforms and make residual income from them. And like I said, and then when you realize for the self effect, like we said earlier that it's, we just talked about 320 million people in this country, but seven and a half on this rock. And you realize seven and a half billion people on this rock, you realize like something like Fresh Produce is this, and you got come down here and be like, well, I ain't hear nothing back. You go to Fresh Produce and you got like literally a packed house of people. Mm-hmm. Literally, like you, it's hard to move. Mm-hmm. Giving you positive affirmation, like in a massive way. It makes you feel good that, like, as a producer 
or as someone who may be someone inspired to be something big, that it makes you feel like you matter. Like, okay, I don't suck. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's a beautiful thing. No, no one sucks up here because everyone brings something different Every, to the like table. I said, Like I said from the gate, everyone has an individual soul and spirit. Exactly. So when you say, oh, my beats suck, work on your stuff. Make it sound dope because you're a dope individual. Exactly. So you just you just don't you just you just trying to figure out the technique of being able to relay your your music from your soul. Sometimes we have that block right. and you get stuck. I mean I'm here to tell you, like, I make money off my music every single day. Every single day. And they're nothing in their beats. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Off residual income. So artists or producers out there, and artists, but producers, you know, don't, you know, all the the music you have that's sitting on your laptops that you just sitting on and don't want to put out or don't want anybody hearing or artists turn them down or artists didn't reach back to you and all that, man, just release that yourself. My thing is this, get your... Every time you every time you play my music, I'm I'm getting paid. So get your music played, and you get paid. I mean it. The days of yeah, man, go on listen to my music. Why? As a producer, unless you just doubt yourself, you know you can have your music just playing just for free. But if we're in a day and age where every time your music is being played, why not just get paid? Man, go listen to my music. Man, so what? Where can I hear some of your beats at, dog? Oh man, go on, uh, go on Spotify, man. I got a, uh, I got three albums up on there of beats, man. Go check them out, man. I bet. Well, you know what? I don't got Spotify. I got Apple Music though. Yeah, it's on Apple though. Go on, go on, check it on Apple. Bet. You keep doing that to everybody you know because in the next three years, everybody you know is gonna have a. Uh, Two years. Everybody you know is not gonna be SoundCloud. Cause not everybody has SoundCloud, but everybody's gonna have either Apple, Spotify, Title, any new it's gonna be new streaming platforms gonna pop up. Because everybody wants to hear music. There's people that just wanna hear old school 1980s music. They can't go on SoundCloud and just pull up um you know, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. They gotta go on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever and listen to that. So while you listen to that, go listen to my music. And then another thing is, you know, playlists. Playlists are gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. So all I'm saying is when artists or producers and they put their stuff on SoundCloud, my thing is this, make it count. Every time your music is played, make it count. Instead of just being like, oh yeah, I heard your stuff on SoundCloud. Yeah, man, you tight. Nah, oh, way, man, nah. thanks. Nah, find a way. To make, <laughs> you know nah, what I mean? Find like, way, what? Find, like, like, find ways to make money off this shit. Like, for example, like, and me, you talked about this when we was at the valley. Like, no, I'm like in Shameless Plug. <laughs> like, I'm saying, like, I have I have my B Star page up and running right now. Jbjrofficial.bstars.com. If you hear, if you ever want to hear what I can do and like what kind of shit I sell, I'm updating that often. So and I'll have probably like a link in there and I'll share it and things like that. But regardless, though, I realized 
like being in this beat battle scene, like, oh, I my shit matters if I know my shit's dope. Put my shit online. Oh, damn, my shit matters, my shit dope. I made shit evolve into a way where, like, okay, I'm gonna, not only going to start selling my beats, doing this, so I need to I'm also gonna take this platform and evolve it into something else. I evolved it into this. And that's what niggas gotta understand. Like, yo, like, Beaks can take you in all different places. Like, it took me in a place where I already had a love for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Already loved talk shows and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I took it and made it into this. Still doing what I do now and still doing, like, what Skip was talking about as far as, like, having my shit, like, on Spotify and stuff like that. Because I'm definitely, and this one thing gets your shit cockroaches. Like, you go ahead and get your shit paid. But main thing is, like, I took what I took my love of beats and I started making some of it and I'm trying to make it grow so I can start making that residual money and do what I need to do. And that's what I need other like you said too, need people to start doing. Like I made this initially. I made this into a private and possible mistake not a lot of niggas will get to. Yeah. And you can do the same with just making beats like what we said adult swim bumps you got spotify you got apple music you got google YouTube. niggas still get paid off of youtube niggas get paid off bro do you know the richest the dude the most paid youtuber i think right now is a little kid single digit age mm-hmm. doing toy reviews yeah toy reviews so trip off this right you get paid doing right that right now just imagine if you hit the little kid up and say, hey, I got this beat. Can you play this beat, my beat, in the background of your one of your reviews? He says, yeah, sure. Boom. And then, now let's just say that beat, right, is on a beat CD, a beat, not CD, but a beat project that you already have out online on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that, right? Right. But what happens is, by that beat being, you know, having an ISRC code attached and, you know, all that type of stuff, now, when that song is basically being played on that kid's video, you're getting paid you're, because it's being licensed through YouTube. You understand know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, I, in a prime example, like I'm, I think about this type of stuff every single day. Every single day, I figure out ways of making this work with this, with this, and that, to where it all kind of works in a circle. Where all you have to do is just throw something into the circle and that it generates. So, like I said, if you have a beat project, even if you were to drop, and then by having the distribution now, like DistroKid, right. where you can release as much music as you want over the course of a year for a one time fee of 20 bucks, 19.99 to be exact, you can release your music and you pay that yearly as much music as you want. You can also go through CD Baby. I go through CD Baby. I go through Distro Kid. You got TuneCore. You got SongTree. It's, it's hell All this stuff, right? So you, you put the music out accordingly to how it is you want it to be. But nowadays, instead of reaching out to these artists, you, which you can, but reach out to these YouTubers. But make sure your music is already out on the streaming platform so that way it can generate. Because you're not going to make any money from it. Because it's not your channel. But if you license the music through that channel, then you can get paid from YouTube. And shout out to you know, people like Wishmaster and Jay who put me on game. 
game about shit. Probably just putting on the, the same little tip in. And I'm probably dropping. I'm probably dropping too much game right now. No, 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 <laughs> no. But no, no. I'm glad you. you know, no, but no. I'm glad you dropping this game. I'd rather you say this and people know about this because the way I feel about it. And that's what I was about to say. Wish and Jay, like they told me the same thing. Which is, it's enough money out here for everybody. You just everybody to get. Listen, it's enough money. It's really enough. You just have to know what lane you want to go. Check this out, right? So off, it was a joint off my kaleidoscope project, lo-fi joint, mm. minute and twenty seconds long. The song got picked up on a video on YouTube. Mm. Somebody used it. The video generates fifty thousand streams each month. This mm. particular video. Mm. I see, I get a direct deposit like each month from this video. That's not bad at all. I don't even know who put it up. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's just up. I don't even know what video it is. I just see the numbers. I just see the numbers uh, in the song. That's why I'm like, wow, okay. You know what I mean? It just let me know like, there's money out here for everybody to make and it has it has no interference with the next man. None. None at all. Because that next man can do the same thing. Like you got I stumbled across like that. That so just happened. Time. Dude, and that's and we just talking about streaming. You got shit for like like so you say like commercials, you got shit for uh T V shows, movies, you got for radio broadcasting, podcasting, you got yeah. And it's like I say, and we're not talking about just on a national level. We're talking about on a straight up worldwide scale. And why is that? Streams. Streams. Because it's easy to access and damn near everyone has that. It's too it's easy to access. like everyone has a smartphone. Yeah. If you have a smartphone, you're streaming something. You have YouTube, if you use YouTube, you're streaming something. I did a um what was it, almost three years ago now, a joint for Chris Brown. Nice. It only came out on a mixtape, but it came out on on, on a, as a mixtape song. But the song went to YouTube. That's when it kind of hit me like, okay, so because I you know I got my percentage of the record and I get paid, you know, say from the song, but off it being played on YouTube. And I'm just like, there's so many different wild like. It's not like the days of before where it has to be on the radio. Or it has to be on Spotify. You can get money on YouTube, man. It's just crazy, man. And I love it. I love it. And I enjoy thinking about it every single day. Because I figured all of us ain't aren't going to be superstars. But we all want to make money from our music. So how can we make money from our music? And so every day I figure out a way how I can make money from my music. Make more money from my music. Without me trying to. All I have to do is just create. I'm also a barber as well. So... And a damn good one. Man, I appreciate that, man. Damn good one. Like, I see him cutting. One of the first major people, and he actually, and cut actual celebrities' heads. Like, he not cutting just, not only just regular people, he actually cutting celebrity heads. Like, when I saw, like, the first time I saw, uh, like, one of the first pictures I saw you put up, I want to say I paid attention. I want to say it was Michael Jai White. Okay. And I was like, yo. Yeah. And next thing you know, I'm seeing more and more people come in. I'm like, yo. Now, it's interesting, like, about Michael. Uh, I was cutting his hair from 2000, from summer 2012 up until January 2016. So I would say oh, wow. maybe for about a good three and a half years, I was cutting his hair. So some of the movies we saw in, like, for example, Blood and Bone. Not, I wasn't cutting his hair on that. Damn, fuck 
okay. <laughs> I was uh, like, I was like, it was Yo. a it was a movie where he was. It, I forgot the name of the movies. I would have to see the the actual. Um, but those movies, he was like a crazy guy, a maniac type of cat. Okay, he's going around killing folks and stuff. Um, I cut his hair for that. Nice. But it was interesting how that happened because I was referred to him by um, a friend of his who was a client of mine. His name Amani, and uh, rest in peace, Amani. He passed away. Mm, yeah. And so he. Um, so this this particular morning, uh, it was like eleven o'clock, and I was at the house, and I was living in um, in I was living in this area called Winneka. Okay. And the shop was in Sherman Oaks. So Amani had hit me up. It was like 11.30. He's like, he said, yo, you want to cut Mike's hair? I was like, Mike who? He was like, Michael John White. I was like, yeah. He was all like, man, can you be in the shop in 30 minutes? Man, we, we are about to leave the house now. Keep in mind, I'm just like, I'm at the house. I kind of like chilling, still in my pajamas, working on some music. I still had to drive there, take a shower, all this, right? So I was like, yeah, all right, bet, bet, bet. Jumped off the phone, man, got in this, I think I, I don't even think I even took a shower, man. I think I just like, you know what I'm saying, washed up real quick under my armpits and you know what I mean? <laughs> He's just like, I get this yeah, ready. Yeah, my teeth, threw some clothes on real quick, man, got in my car, drove out there real quick. I'm talking about swerving on the uh, on the 118, oh, heading to the whatchamacallit, like, man, this could be an opportunity, you know what I mean? All right. Pull up, I get there. Go, pull in the garage, park my car, come out in front. They're just pulling up. He gets out the car and looks at me. He's all like, those up the thumb sign, like, like good shit. Comes in, you know, I meet him. Because I met him before. He had already introduced me to him another time at this little club in the elevator. Okay. He's like, yeah, this, he said, yeah, Mike, this skips my bar. He's like, oh, what's up, man? You know? So, boom, he comes into the shop and I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm cutting, uh, uh, I cut Amani's hair first, and then Mike was waiting. Then I cut Mike, and then um, afterwards, later on that day, Amani calls me back, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, man, you did, you did a good job with uh, Mike. He want he wants to fuck with you." And I was like, "Bet." And from that day, man, I was you know cutting his hair for about three and a half years. Like I'm talking about to the point like you know going over his house, cutting his hair. He, he had like a UFC, uh, like a UFC. Uh, 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 like a fight uh, party. Mm. He invited me through. What? Yeah. That's what's up, bro. You know what I mean? So that that was that was a cool story how how I met 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 Mike. That's what's up, bro. But I ain't seen him since uh 2016. And I I just saw something about he was like crowned king of uh Ghana like the other day. It was something I saw on, on Instagram. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah, man. That's what's up. Yeah, that's that's what see it's just wherever your opportunity takes, man. Mm -hmm. But now that's ill, man. So the barbering is barbering beats are like barbering. You know, this one guy he had told me um back in 2011, he said, he said, Man, you never know. He said, My dad was a barber. He said he always told me, you never know where barbering can lead you. It can lead you around the world. And that's the same thing how the beats are. I'm just thankful and blessed and I'm just with just the fact that God put these two things in my life at an early age and to be able to take these two things and live in LA and work them 
I never would have thought that, man. Because, you know, like, coming from St. Louis, I'm like, oh, man, moving to L.A., man, it's probably hella expensive. And how you going to do that? And woo, 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 woo. And I just was like, man, I got to, I'm, 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 I'm an adult. I'm educated. I'm an adult. I know how to make it happen. And, you know, you can't spell hustle without the STL. So, you're going to figure out a way. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. You're going to figure out a way. You know, and, and I've been out there almost nine years now. So, Hey, I ain't mad at you, bro. I'm like, I see you, bro. Okay. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Like, my man really be doing it out here. Like, I got, like, got to give him, like, mad credit. So, if y'all, anybody out there need a haircut and you in the L.A. area. Fuck with him. Come through. Holler at me. You can, uh, you know, hit me up. You know, all the information will be. If I've considered that come out to L.A., I need a haircut. If yeah. I ever need one, trust me, I won't be yeah. out there. You know, hit me up in the DM, things like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to start shutting it down yeah. in just a second. But um, before we get out of here, one thing I always do is give people the time to play and promote their stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you got anything you want to talk about, contact information, promotion, stuff, have at it. All right, for sure. So uh, you can reach me on Instagram, my music page, uh, Chandler, at Chandler Music, C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R-M-U-S-I-K. Um, you can also check out my podcast page uh, at Lounging with Skip um, podcast. So L O U N G I N W I T S K I P podcast. Um, and you can also check out my barber Instagram um, at Skips Clips S K I P Z C L I P Z. Uh, I'm also thinking about starting the Lounging with Skip uh, radio radio. You know, just to see, I mean, and I, I had a conversation with uh, with Fenster, who was talking about the other day, it was like, are there people out there listening to radio? You know what, bro, to be totally honest with you, I couldn't tell you, because yeah. I, outside of stuff like NPR and shit like that, I honestly couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. Solely because, you know, nine times, like, literally 99% of the time, like, when I'm in the car, I'm listening to something like Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, something like that, and... Right, yeah. like like playlists, like playlists. Or so this is the thing, though. So this is the thing, though. Lounging with Skip, Lounging with Skip Radio would be me playing my episodes, um, as long with music in between that. That's dope. That in, in a, under a platform that runs the actual episodes twenty four seven. I see. So you can go on Google Play or you can go on Spotify and click on a you know what I'm saying the episode, or you can just go to the radio show. And just pull up, and you never know what could be playing. It could be this episode playing. There you go. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm thinking about um, having. And then also just playing music mm -hmm. of independent artists. Um, so if their stuff is registered with ASCAP and any of that, those types of things, what were we talking about before? Streams. Streams. So now we're generating, now, now on the radio show, generating streams. And if your stuff is registered, now you're generating another. Um, income stream of uh, music through your publishing and things of that nature. That's it. That's it. I like that, bro. I like that. Man. Yeah. That's so, that, so I'm kicking that off, um, you know, within this next, uh, with, you know, in 2019. Hell yeah, man. That's what's up. I'll definitely, you know, I'll definitely check it out. Support, no problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll definitely check it out. Support. Yeah, man. Definitely check out my man uh, podcast, Lines with Skill Podcast, man. He definitely be having. 
hell of a guest on there, man. Like all this, you never know who's gonna. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely. So now you on there? There you go. There you go. Now I'm on here. Hey, there you go, man. But now, man, for real, like definitely check out my man podcast. Like he definitely be having some great conversations with some great people, man. And you, like I said, you literally never know who he's gonna have on there. Mm-hmm. Like one of the most interesting episodes was um, when you had the, uh, the fashion designer from Black Panther on there, mm. and I was like, "Yo!" I checked out like, "Yeah, that was it." Like, yeah. kudos for that, my nigga. Depart- that was dope. Department head of hair, Dog. Camille. Man, it was so yeah. ill. Yeah. Um, with Camille, I met her. I was at this. Um, it was like a, a hair expo, not a hair expo, but like a a seminar. Okay. And she was up there talking, and she was just talking about the different movies that she worked on, and this and the third. And she seemed real down to earth and cool. So afterwards, you can like mix and mingle with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and it was it was a, a hair, it was like a hair seminar of talking to different people in the TV and film industry. And so that's where I'm a part of as well. So I was going there to just kind of meet. So anyway, we ended up linking up, talking. And uh, and when I was uh, in cosmetology school, um, she helped me uh, certain things as well. Cause I also have a cosmetology license too. Yeah. Hell yeah. So she taught me, was showing me different things. So we just kind of remained cool. And I remember afterwards, she was like, "Well, um, I won't be able to, I won't see you for a while because I'm about to go film the League of Extraordinary." Two, no, 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 uh, Galaxy Guardians of Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy Two. She was leaving to go film that. That's what's up. And then she ended. As a matter of fact, she's the she worked. She was the department head of hair on the new movie Glass. Really? That's going yeah. Cause she, nice. Cause Samuel Jackson is her. That's she does his hair. Nice. Or his the costume like the hair like on even on a uh, Django. She did all, did all that. Really? Yeah. Nice. So I told her. That I wanted to do an episode with her on the on the podcast, and Black Panther was about to come out, and she was the department head of hair of that. And man, she said with open arms, she said sure. And I went over to her place, and we had cheese and crackers and wine, and sat there and talked. So if you go back and listen to that episode, you can tell that we were just in there in her place for real, chilling. And that was so dope to me. Hell yeah. And it's so dope to like keep all that content to where it's still there to kind of, cause like once I release my episodes, I don't go back and listen to them. It's like the energy of that is, is out there in the universe, it's done. Right, right, right. And I'm moving forward. I can feel that. You know what I mean? But like, for instance, you went and you listened to it and you know what I mean? No, no, no. I totally understand, bro. I yeah. totally understand. But nah, man, like for real, this was a dope ass episode, man. I appreciate this, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Hell yeah. Definitely. I appreciate you for having me, man. Oh, absolutely, man. This was been a long time coming, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I've definitely been wanting to do this. Yeah, man. Yeah, Hell man. Yeah. I so, appreciate it. What, what uh, episode number is this? Uh, We in the 50s right now, man. Oh, okay. So, we literally in the 50s. So, yeah, we, we up there. I think I want to say 50 or 51. I want to say as far as I'm recording. Okay. So, I think I want to say 50 or 51. Yeah, I think this is uh my episode 27. Nice. I think this episode 27 or 26. I think it's 26. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know what? 27. I don't know, man. One of the two. I gotta figure <laughs> it out. You know what I mean? Because the thing about it also is I, I don't usually like. I don't, I don't always release in order. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends on how I feel. 
But yeah, it's definitely this is definitely dope. I'm glad we were able to kind of to cross promote it. You know Hell what I mean? Yeah. Hell yeah. And to you know actually have it to where we're both speaking. You know what I'm saying for each other's podcast. Absolutely, so I appreciate man. it, man. Hey, from you know one podcast to another, I'm brother, happy. So, I'm, hey. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy that you're able to lounge with me, and I was happy to be able to come through and lounge with you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Fresh Absolutely. produce and uh, what? Hello, beats. Hello, what? What's the name of the podcast? Tell, tell me. Fruit please. of the Boom. Fruit of the Boom. That's right. Fruit of the Boom podcast. Fruit of the Boom and lounging with Skip. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, this. So yeah, but this has been another dope ass episode of Fruit of the Boom mm-hmm. podcast, and also another dope episode mm-hmm. of the Lounge sure. with Skip podcast. Show, sure, for sure. So this is how we gonna do. So make sure you uh, check out the shows. You know, let everybody know how they can reach you. Oh, absolutely, man. So if you ever wanna, uh, so for you guys. Whoever um, want to check this out is Fruit Boom Pie at all forms of social media. So F R U I T B O O M P O D. And so, like I said, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Mixcloud, we out there. So make sure you check us out. We uh, Google Play and also Google Play. So we are on all those formats. Now check us out. Like I said, local show we've been in. Say also, you know. For anyone, and also you can also check us out on our website too, which is freshproducestl.com slash fruitaboom, because everything is archived on there, and we also have all the beat battle videos there, especially the ones that Skip seen, like mm-hmm. Skip, Skip just was in. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to see that one, and when we say that shit is packed alive, that shit is packed alive, mm-hmm. and if, if you ever interested in joining that um, Fresh Produce STL as a competitor, FreshProduceSTL.com slash sign up. So make sure you holler at us though, but this has been another dope ass episode. For and, sure. and we will holler at y'all later. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.